Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Evening all. Welcome to episode 33 of the Mr. Money Jar Show. Today we're going to be speaking to Mr. Nick Smith Patel, Head of Education at MyBank, about how young people in the UK can better navigate the pandemic financially. And I'm super excited for today's discussion because when it comes to supporting young people in the UK, around finance. They're just a handful of names and organizations who are doing great work in this area and my bank happens to be one of them. So to have the opportunity to speak to the head of education at my bank, I think means that we're in for a great conversation. Hello everyone in the chat. Yes, I see you. Are my banks in the chat? Hey, Pecuniary Pro. Bav, Simply Budget, great to see you. David, Fisayo, Matt, Matt with a kissy emo- emoji. Um, thanks. <laughs> Bank, I'm just inviting them in as guests. So let's uh, let's get Nick on. Okay, cool. Just as waiting for my bank. How's everyone doing? One more month of this uh, lockdown stuff. It's looking like. I'm hoping. Uh, hoping everyone is uh, safe and well. Ah, DJ. Hey, DJ. Good to see you in the chat. Hey, Josephina. Hey, Happy Light. Bristol fan. We in Bristol. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, Says my bank isn't able to join. Let me try and invite them from my end. I mean, if things work straight away, then this wouldn't really be alive, would it? DJ, that's very accurate. One month will hold you to it. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll holler at uh, Matt Hancock. Hey, Nick. Hey there, how's it going? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Busy is the word, I guess. But yeah, other than that, just just cracking on and, and doing what we do every day. How about you? Um, I'm actually not that busy and um, I'm trying to... Yeah, take this downtime. So I expect us to fully come through the, pand- the pandemic and stuff. So I'm just looking at the things that I can uniquely do during this period of time, like you know, just relax at home and kind of focus on myself. Because I know that once we go back to normal, we'll probably just go like fully back to normal. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, thank you very much for asking. Let us uh, please dive straight in. Please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about my bank. 
Awesome. So my name's Nick Smith Patel. I'm one of the head of educations for my bank. I look after all the work we do for young adults, so from 16 to 25 year olds. And uh, we work with people right from the age of seven around financial education and financial confidence. And the idea being that we want a nation of young people who know what they're doing when it comes to money. Um, and one of the analogies we'd like to talk about is so many people expect young people to be able to survive in a system they don't understand. But if you're playing a game for the first time and you don't know the rules, you're not going to win. You're just not going to win. So part of what we do is show young people the rules of the world. And uh, that can range from, you know, how benefits work, housing, income and tax, so many different facets of, of finance and independent living uh, rather than just the budgeting stuff, which is something else we do. But there's so much more to it than just knowing where your money's coming and going from. It's understanding the systems that, make that stuff happen as well exactly and um i was very fortunate to um attend one of your workshops uh last last year with, with business launch i very much enjoyed it and i think it's exactly the sort of thing that young people need um how long have you guys been running for uh my bank oh gosh good a good i think it's 15 years declan somewhere in the chat he may be able to correct me uh i've been with the organization now for the last four um, but the projects, the money house, which we look after, I've been with for the last eight years. So a lot of time and a lot of young people through our doors in terms of support. And uh, obviously the uh, coronavirus pandemic is, is just a different, different level of, 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 of work going on. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great segue into my first question for you guys, which is how does the COVID-19 um, pandemic compare to other UK crises? that you've experienced um, and yeah, like are, are young people being affected more? Um, I think the problem is when you compare this to other things that have happened, right? Um, the last big UK wide financial shock, I guess is the 2007, 2008 recession, right? Sure. And when we started, when I started doing the work I do with my bank, we were just coming out of that and kind of trying to recover from that, essentially. So what we saw was a lot of young people who were stuck after the recession and after that stuff had gone wrong and trying to get right again. The problem, I think, with the coronavirus pandemic is that it's so global, like there isn't a part of the country that isn't touched. And young people across the country, it doesn't matter whether you live in London, Leeds, Manchester, or you live in a quiet little town somewhere in Norfolk, the same issues are going to affect young people and some more than others in other places. But there's never been a crisis, I think, where people in England, people, people in the USA, people in China, people in Norway are all suffering in the same kind of way. So yeah. in a way, that's good because there's a shared experience, right? We all understand it's going on. We know that life's hard for everyone right now. We make allowances. The problem with that is that we don't necessarily see people doing well and the hope can die. So there's a massive mental health strain uh, coming in in terms of finance and the coronavirus and people not having jobs. Um, the idea that, you know, young people are taking the biggest hit, but yet they're the biggest growing group of people with debt. It's just going to compound that issue even further. So, yeah, the coronavirus is such a big issue that have, it hits everyone. You can't escape it. There's no way to escape this, really, unless you've got a million pounds and live on a yacht. This is going to affect you somehow. So, yeah. Yeah. And um Dodeke Hedren has just said in the chat that young people are taking the biggest economic hit um, as a result of COVID. Um, as you said, young people, not just in this country, but around the world, are all having to face similar things at this point in time. What are the biggest things that you've seen young people struggling with um, over the course of the past year as a result of the pandemic? 
I think the biggest shock was the initial wave of joblessness and people being furloughed and not understanding what furlough meant and yeah. understanding where they stood. Um, and then as time goes on, then that effect gets compounded, right? So you lose your job at the start of the first lockdown. So you don't have the ability to pay bills. So the bills pile up. So as you get further and further in, unless you have the ability to make up that ground you've lost, you're always going to be on the back foot. So what we've got now is young people who, you know, arrears are building up. People are worried that they're not going to be able to find a job to pay those arrears down when it eventually comes to, to time to like fix things. Um, but also just like I say, like the mental health thing is, is massively, massively important. And when it comes to mental health and money, if you're not right here, you can't be right anywhere else. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. If you're not settled and if you're not, safe and secure and have those kind of basic needs then it's really hard to kind of focus on trying to find a job when your worry is am i going to survive the next few months you know what i mean it's yeah. there's so many things that compound it for people so yeah the joblessness thing i think is going to be one that suffers for a long time because yeah. that's got that knock-on effect and i think what we need to do as people who educate and I, one thing i love about your stuff is the simplicity of how you can explain a concept. And I think everyone needs to do that. I think we all need to work on ways to make young people understand very complex things very, very simply. There's no point playing the high and mighty, I know all this information, if the young person can't use any of that information. Yeah. So like, you know, don't don't Dodekahedron of uh, Kasi saying that it furlough being 80% of wages. Well, if you don't explain that to a young person, they don't, that's either going to cause fear for loss of wages or they're going to expect 100% and then be really disappointed when it's not mm-hmm. let's get let's get to teaching them the tricks of the trade and let's try and get everyone to kind of work out simplicity is key absolutely yeah and we had a, a comment from um, dj ayadele saying um so we're talking about the pandemic but there is of course brexit to contend with that's kind of what the national conversation was about prior to covid hitting and probably what we would still be talking about if the pandemic wasn't taking up so much space do you True. see the issues um into kind of being compounded by by Brexit as well? I think the uncertainty does certainly doesn't help. You know, with finance, certainty is key, right? We want to know where our money's going and what it's going to do. And I think the problem with Brexit is that there's still there's still a lot we don't know. There's still, you know, how much is our bread going to be worth? You know, is it going to be a pound a loaf still? Are we going to have prices jump? And the reality is that for a group of young people whose income is stagnating and isn't going up or is reduced as a result of the pandemic, increased costs due to Brexit is going to hurt them more than most. You know, a young person who finds a 10 percent increase on their shopping bill, that 10 percent is going to hurt. But we don't know whether that's going to happen or not. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think uncertainty breeds worry and that when it comes to money, that's when it all starts to build. And then the more you worry about money, the less you talk about it. And then, yeah. You regress. Definitely a pressure cooker situation. So, um, yeah, just in, in your opinion, then, what sorts of things can young people be doing to navigate the current climate? And can we define young people as the, the key demographic that you reach? So five to 25 year olds? Uh, yeah. So 16 to 25 is what we call young adults. And then you've got the children, young people underneath that. But certainly, I mean, if you're talking pre-16, Uh, parents, carers, people who work with children, the more you can do to educate them about the value of money and how money works before they get to 16, before they get to the point where they need to use survival skills, paying bills and that kind of stuff. That's, that's going to be crucial for young people. If you're 16 and over and you're watching this going, well, how do I make, you know, how do I survive this? I mean, first of all, we've got a lot of resources on the website, so please check those out. But we've also got, um, 
lots of side hustles that have come about. And actually, there's some people that are doing cool. very well in this pandemic. Cool. So if you're good online, if you can code, if you can make websites, you could actually do pretty well in this pandemic because there's a lot of stuff moving online. Um, I know that, for example, there's a couple of people I know that do the Etsy thing and kind of make bits and pieces. Yeah. They've been working nonstop through lockdown. They've just been cracking on. Um, but one thing that has seen a big boom is the amount of screen time that young people and adults are using, YouTube, Netflix, that kind of stuff. If you wanted to start a channel, this is the time to make the leap. This is the time to try that kind of thing as well. I love the fact you said that. Um, I was speaking to my uh, brother's girlfriend um, earlier on today. I hope she doesn't mind. I don't know if she's watching this. I hope she doesn't mind me using We were talking about like business ideas and um, we were talking about like, you know, candle making and kind of tutoring and how difficult that is. But we were kind of like for every in-person business, there is an online equivalent. And I ended up just going to YouTube put in making candles at home. And like the top five results were videos that had been viewed, not just thousands of times, but hundreds of thousands of times and yeah. were like a year old. And it's like, when, of course, like this is prime candle making at home season. Like everyone is at home struggling for what to do and, and people want to, to watch content and learn stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the other thing about the kind of the YouTube revolution of being able to learn stuff, it works both ways. So if you can make candles and you put that video up and make a million views on YouTube about how to make candles, cool. But what if you want to learn to make candles? There's yeah. never been a better time to pick that free skill up. I mean, YouTube doesn't do itself enough service. There are services that charge you hundreds of dollars a year to learn a skill. Yeah. And there's all this stuff on YouTube for free. So, yeah. you know, one thing I, I taught with last year, I got bored and I taught myself projection mapping which is really? basically where you like use projectors to make walls move. I learned everything from YouTube in four days. It's ridiculously good. Have a look. Hello. Oh, can you just connect from the internet? I'm not on the internet. You're, you're, you're back with me, Nick. I'm back. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, and then of course with YouTube comes, you know, the ability to partner with brands, the ability to sell courses. There's lots of, so I love the side hustle thing. Um, and then what about the importance of, you know, the basics like budgeting, managing savings, that sort of thing? Yeah, it's all good making extra money, but if you're going to waste it, it's pointless, right? So the idea of budgeting your cash and knowing exactly what you've got coming in, where it needs to go first, and then working out what you can do to play with it after the fact, that's the key. Um, and there's lots of tools you can use online. There's lots of budgeting apps and, you know, uh, Barclays Life Skills is a great shout. We've got some stuff on our website. But it doesn't matter how you budget. It just matters that you budget. You can do it on a bit of scrap paper, on your phone as a note, in a specialist app. Don't care. How much have you got coming in? How much have you got going out? What do you need to spend? Like, what are your bills? And then you can play with the rest. And I think that's the crucial thing. Whether you've got a hundred pounds or a million, if you don't do that, you'll be broke. And um, where can young people go to for more bespoke support? There's of course yourselves. 
Um, but any yeah. organizations that you find that you refer young people to again and again? So first of all, uh, there's a great website called Turn to Us. Yep. T-U-R-N, the number two, us. Um, great if you're worried about benefits and not sure whether you can claim or not. They have a great benefits uh, calculator that you can you know, see what you're entitled to. But the other thing about Turn to Us is their grant search. I would highly recommend everybody watching, young person or not, to go to Turn to Us and see if there's a grant out there that you can apply for because that's free money. That's not conditions of pay it back later. It's not a loan. This is someone who's willing to finance you to help you to do what you want to do. Um, I know for a fact that there's something called the Graham Trust. The Graham Trust support people whose surname is Graham to go into education. Really? I mean, yeah, that is that specific. Uh, there's also, oh, wow. more, more usefully, the Retail Trust. So if you have worked in retail, I think it's for two years, you can actually apply to the Retail Trust for, for financial support. So you should always, always check what are those grants that are out there. So Turn To Us is a great one for that. If you're struggling with debt, Step Change is, is, is the, my go-to. Yeah. And yep. if you just want information, there's two places. I mean, there's the Gov website, which is great. It's all there, but it's not exactly clear sometimes. Yeah. The CAB, Citizen Advice website, takes that information and makes it much more digestible. I do, um, so, I do yeah. like Citizen Advice, and um, they actually have, a, like, if you call them up, I find them to be very responsive as well. You can call someone up and you can ask them uh, for for advice or for information at the point of calling too. So all great recommendations. Um, I just want to, uh, I think that, can, can you see me clearly, Nick? Yes, yeah, I can, yeah. I think for, the, for the people at home, is my face blurry? I think that my face might be blurry. If it is, oh, my face is back because my, my fiance is in the room with me. If it does blur, then that, you know, that's just Instagram doing you a favor. Um. <laughs> Instagram's repeatedly trying to cancel me. First, they cut my account and they blow my face. Right. So, um, how do you think the pandemic is going to change young people's attitudes towards uh, money going forward? Because this is clearly a monumental, kind of, as we say, global um, kind of phenomenon and could, you know, change a generation. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's funny because the current generation of young people, so the current sort of 16 to 25 year old group are actually much more cautious than my generation because they've seen my generation cock it up. That's mm -hmm. the big thing. They've seen their older brothers and their parents make financial shock mistakes and they're actually much more serious about saving um, and that kind of end of it. I think this pandemic is is going to make that much more important. And I think mm -hmm. people either realize that they need to protect themselves from what we call financial shock. So that mm -hmm. moment where your freezer breaks down and you can't afford to replace it. Yes. Or the, the coronavirus pandemic was a massive financial shock. So one of the hopes is that this shows people the need to have that saving backup and buffer in case bad things happen. Um, but I also think there's other implications. Like we, we've used much less cash in over the course of the pandemic and much more kind of digital currency, right? We've used more contactless and, and tap to pay stuff. And I think there's a change there in terms of society and how we're going for, for finance. And I think for young people, that's great. It works. It might not work as well for older people. That's a different conversation for a different guest. But I think there is a change in how we use money. The danger, I guess, is as we move into kind of more flexible ways to think about money, products like Klarna, where they're kind of enticing you into credit, but they're not quite credit. 
Mm-hmm. They're the danger ones that we're looking at at the moment. So I think as long as young people realize at the back of this that it's a good idea to have some savings mm-hmm. because shock, financial shock hurts and you never know when financial shock might happen, yep. then there's actually a lesson well learned, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I appeared on Sky News last last year, I made sure to just give a shout out to the emergency fund because I think that yeah. certainly for me when I was growing up, the idea of saving money seemingly no reason at all just didn't really make any sense but i think every everyone's fast learning that you need to be forward forward thinking and almost anticipate um things going wrong so have that we've had a question in the chat which i think is quite an interesting one be interested to get your thoughts are young people interested in cryptocurrency investments and if so how and where can they learn more about this i have not i've never been asked about bitcoin more than in the past month about to say in the last week right where the price yeah. has been skyrocketed yeah okay absolutely same same thing with me and actually what i will say about bitcoin is what i say to most people if you're asking me about bitcoin now you've probably missed the boat yeah like in terms of making money from bitcoin now you're not gonna grab a coin and make ten thousand pounds profit that's not how it's going to work for you when i was younger i had the ability to mine bitcoin and bitcoin used to cost about five or six pence in electricity mm-hmm. just to mine one coin but at the time the coin was worth a penny so i didn't bother <laughs> and now i kick myself every single day and i think the reality is that there's a lot of talk about bitcoin but there's not enough education i think the person who asked the question is right young people aren't educated about what bitcoin is they see it in the news and therefore they go that's a quick rich scheme i want in um you may have heard about the welsh guy with the landfill i don't know if you've heard his story did he, he like lose a wallet there or something he threw out a whole an old laptop hard yeah, drive which contained like seven and a half thousand bitcoin he's come back out again yeah. to offer 50 million to the welsh government to let him dig for his bitcoin wow. uh they're saying no they're saying no it's worth like 225 million at this point but they're saying no because it's like legal and all the rest of it but yeah. the thing about bitcoin is it's an emerging currency and it is getting taken more seriously by a lot of people so i do think there is a need to uh, you know at least the basics that you know, Bitcoin is not a standardized currency and it's all online. And if you lose your wallet, then you're, you know, you're stuffed. There's no way to get that back. Just to stop those young people kind of dreaming about the quick rich elements of it. It's useful for some things, you know, mm-hmm. Bitcoin has its place. I think in the future, I think it will become more prevalent, but it's not a get rich scheme anymore. We, we've mm-hmm. missed the boat on that. Yeah. And just to build upon what you said, um, like what I've sort of asked people, I don't, I don't, say to people who should or shouldn't buy Bitcoin, I just ask them questions to kind of get them to think about things that they might not have thought about. So one of the questions I like to ask is, you know, like what is the value of Bitcoin based off? You know, if you compare it to a company stock, that's a company, say Apple, for example, that's a company that makes smartphones, um, is profitable, you can kind of value the company, even if the value of that company is overvalued or undervalued, you can kind of track it over time. What's yep. the value of Bitcoin based off? And the answer that comes back to me most often is what other people think it's based on. Yeah. So it's not really, in my view, an investment. And for the people who chose to mine it, didn't choose to mine it, you know, you may as well have written a lottery ticket from my perspective because... Yeah. Yes, you can make money from it, but the thing that's driving it up in value is not anything that Bitcoin is doing in the real world. It's just like what the next person wants to pay for it. 
That's it. Mm. And the reality is that we saw the bubble burst two years ago or whatever yeah, it was, and it was climbing up and burst. Yeah. It's probably going to happen again the same way. You know, I'm not yeah. a financial analyst, but I would guess that we're looking at another pop relatively soon. Um, uh, but- Bitcoin as a medium of exchange, as a way for paying things and as a way of moving money between people and blockchain technology is hugely interesting. And as you say, we'll have applications in the future. I just think that if... If your if your if if your nan is telling you to buy Bitcoin, then it's too late. Like, you know, it, the the it's, it. it's already been priced in. But yeah, that Absolutely. was a great that was that was a great question. Um, what work will you be doing at my bank then to make sure that going forwards, young people continue to be supported? So we, in terms of the young adult space, we have uh, two courses that we run. Um, a money house program if you're in london in certain boroughs you can opt to come to a money house course and we're doing those virtually at the moment so we've moved all of our courses online essentially um mm-hmm. we have virtual offerings of, of everything uh once we get back to being able to deliver face-to-face we'll offer those kind of in tandem but the other things to kind of mention are we had a partnership with a uh, website people may have heard of called the mix and we wrote a load of uh, financial education content for them made some tools for them, some triage tools, that kind of stuff. You can find that at themix.org. I think it's just themix.org. Um, on our website, obviously, you can find our resources, uh, mybank.org slash YP. And then the other kind of plug, I guess, is we have a show uh, ourselves. We have we had a kind of 10-episode run of a show called The My Money Cast, mm-hmm. and we just picked a different topic every week and just did a kind of news roundup of what was going on that week. Here's the topic, and then we got someone on to talk about their experience. So we've got episodes ranging from, like, scams, uh, coronavirus specific stuff we've got two episodes on that uh housing bills that kind of stuff so you know we, we're hoping to run season two soon the the lockdown has kind of hindered that a little bit because you can see my home studio is not exactly equipped at the moment but mm-hmm. uh, the idea is to run a season two this year uh where young people can watch that live ask questions get involved in the chat that kind of stuff um as well as our usual operations where every single member of the my bank staff team are doing their job just as we would if it was no parent no, no pandemic we we want young people to know what's going on and I, can, I guarantee you, you give me five minutes of your time young people i can save you some cash i can guarantee that so yeah it's just about you know if, if people want to find out more please feel free to get us in contact with us and, and yeah. want to help as many as we can guys at home you know you can see that nick is clearly very passionate about this topic if you're enjoying the things he's saying do show him some love in the chat um my bank is one of the leading organizations in the UK doing this work for young people, both offline and online, pandemic. Um, we, uh, oh, Lily has asked a follow-up question. How can we get involved with my bank if we are a young person? Yeah, so uh, if you are over 16, you can choose to come along to a virtual Money House course or Money Works course potentially. So you can email us at info at mybank.org and we'll put you to the right people. Um, if you just want to kind of find out what's going on or uh, see the resources, then check out the website is the best bet. But otherwise, it's info at mybank.org. And if anybody out there wants to get a hold of me directly, you can just get me at nick at mybank.org. And okay. we spell my bank without the A. So it's M-Y-B-N-K, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, excellent. So uh, we've gone on to the part of the conversation um, where I asked some rapid fire questions, promise they're not anything too scary. Uh, no worries. My guests. So the cool. first is, um, what's been your biggest financial achievement to date? Uh, I left university with 10 grand of consumer debt and cleared it. 
and cleared it once I had an understanding that debt isn't bad, debt just has to be cleverly used. So I went from having 10,000 debt at 30% APR to taking a loan to take me down to 5% and then paid it off. And that was my biggest achievement because at the time, I didn't think I'd ever pay it off. 21 years old, huge debt, didn't think I'd ever deal with it. Five years later, being clear of it, superb feeling. So, yeah. Fantastic. And the thing with uni is you're almost you know, encouraged to take out debt. I remember when I started university, um, for me at the time, it was the NatWest student account. You got the free um, rail card uh, with it, 16 to 25 rail card. And I remember being so deep in my overdraft that it just felt like my money. Yes. So I, would, I would receive money into my overdraft and have zero pounds but mentally, I felt like I had money, and it just kind of normalizes debt from so early on in your in your life. Well, I'll go one step further. My freshers' fair—I won't name the bank because it's probably a bit unscrupulous what they were doing—but um, they had a stall saying, "If you signed up for a credit card, we'd give you a football." Mm-hmm. And there were students signing up for credit cards to get a free football, a ten-pound football, and they're signing up for two thousand pounds worth of credit card debt. These were the kind of techniques that people were using at freshers' fairs to try and get people like me to borrow. And I fell for it. I got a football. I ain't going to lie to you. I've got that football. I've still got it in the cupboard somewhere. I but <laughs> you know, I had to pay a lot of debt off to get that football to be worth anything. So, yeah, just just be careful about free offers. They're always not free. They're built into the cost. Um, what money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago? Uh, don't be an idiot. Track it. Like I used to spend so much money without checking if I had money. Um, I'm sure some of you will recognize what I call the debit card gamble, where you go to a shop, you're not quite sure if you've got enough, you just go, please just check. Yeah, just yeah. hope. Yeah. Guilty of that. All through my uni days, you know, just, I guess the one, just check what you can see in your account. I would have saved so much in overdraft fees and headache and, you know, yeah, just check. Don't put your head in the sand. Yeah. I, um, oh, cool. I, uh, I literally, that's what I call being a financial ostrich. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't be a financial ostrich. Funny you mentioned the debit card gamble. Uh, my my version was the oyster card gamble. You get <laughs> months, like and and you just you're like I might have money on this oyster, I might not, and like the number of beeps you get back determines. And even sometimes you just try firm it and just walk into the bus anyway. Um, yeah, it's cool, boss. I've got this still. No, no, it's cool, boss. No, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta try it. You gotta try it. Yeah. Um, if you were to win the lottery, um, let's say you were to win 10 million pounds, how would you, uh, how do you allocate that money? I, 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 right. So we ask a similar question and I always get the same answer. I don't know. I think the, I, I think I'd be in a bit of financial shock if I'm honest, getting that much money in one turn. I've always said I want to take a nice long holiday if I ever won the lottery. I don't think I'd quit my job. Uh, I quite enjoy my job, so I, I might do it voluntarily instead. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to start my own arm of, of a business. So, you know, yeah. maybe kind of an investment arm, that kind of thing. But I, I don't think I'm not the luxurious type. I'm not buying a Bentley. I'm not buying a huge house. I buy a you know, modest place to live. Um, yeah, just, just kind of, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be flash. I want to be comfortable. And a lot of money would let me be comfortable and help other people. So I guess that's where I put it. Cool. Um, what are your long-term money goals? Um, to be comfortable, to be honest. Yeah, like to never have to worry about where I'm at. And with it, you know, it took me a long time out of university. And, you know, my wife and I now, we're both in a position where credit scores are good, debt is low, we can make choices and choose to do things. Um, 
I guess the future for me now is to see if I can capitalize on that to make it possible to help other people to be that way as well. Like yeah. my friends, my family, that kind of thing. So, yeah. That's an awesome aspiration. Help to enable others. And um, lastly, what does success mean to you? Being happy with what you've achieved. I think there's so much pressure on people to conform to an external idea of success. Yeah. Get your A's or your B's or GCSE. Get a job in a certain industry. If you're happy with where you ended up and you're content and you're able to function as an adult and you can do what you want, then surely that's a success. It doesn't have to be, you know, I've got 20 million in the bank. Well, cool. You could be miserable with 10 grand in the bank and I could be really happy with nothing. Be be happy with where you're at and I think you're successful. And I think the minute you stop being happy with where you're at, you need to change because you've only got yourself to blame and then you're being unsuccessful. Then you're putting energy into something that doesn't work. And that is where I think the drain of success comes. Yeah. I think it's, it's human nature, you know, we're social animals um, to compare ourselves to other people. Whenever I find myself going down that path, I always look at the personal thing that's making me um, kind of feel jealous or, or whatever the emotion is and just think like, would I be willing to swap places completely with this person? Yeah. Like in their entire set of circumstances. And a lot of the times it's like, no, like I'm actually quite happy being me and being who I am and, there are actually things within my control that I can do to improve my situation. So uh, I love that response. Well, there's um, the saying like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, there's a reason for that. You're spending all your time looking over the fence, go, go and sort out your garden and it will be just yeah. as green as next doors. If you spend more time on you than them, you can be just as good as them, if not better. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome conversation. Um, I needed a couple of plugs earlier, but, Anyone you want to shout out or anything else you want to plug at this point? Uh, like I said, yeah. So check out the MoneyCast episodes. You can find them on IGTV. Um, we've, we've saved the last season. It's also on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, big one. Check out our website, www.mybank.org slash YP if you're a young person. But otherwise, mybank.org, just to see what we're doing. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Um, I first Pleasure. found out about my bank um, when I started Mr. Money Jar, and I wanted to find organizations in the UK that were um, doing work with young people because it's by helping young people that we, you know, help society overall, right? Like that's the next generation coming up. And um, for you to be on the show today and to be able to speak with you, it's an an immense privilege. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you to everyone at home for for tuning in for yet another week and for your comments and questions. Do make sure you check out my bank um, my bank's website that's my bank m-y-b-n-k without an a and uh yeah we will be back on the mr money jar show at the same time next week monday hope everyone has a great rest of week thank you very much thanks for inviting us cheers Bye-bye. bye